am proud to present to you Tiflis Hopkins and his robot jazz band. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Bridge Youth. We are so stoked you are here. Service starts at 7. That's in five minutes. Um, please be sure to use the bathroom before service starts. That would be a good time. And if you're here, you're family to us, and we are so happy to be spending this night with you.
service is in just two minutes, so make sure to grab your seat, turn off your airdrop, and if you're watching online with us this evening, comment something so that we know you're watching. Tonight will be awesome. We are so stoked that you are here. to say that at Bridge Youth, we are here to build you up, not beat you up. Yes, yes. If it's your first time here, we would just love to include you in our ever-growing family. And we're so glad that you guys decided to spend this Wednesday night here with us today. And next, we got family time. So everybody stand up, stand up, meet somebody new, and ask them this question. Whose fit is better, my fit or Keno's fit? Place your votes in the description below. Can we invite our Shoot Your Shot contestants up to the stage? Our Shoot, shoot Your Shot your contestants shot. up to the stage. Kenneth Fit is so much better. Hey, Corey. Do less, God bless. Guys, go ahead and grab a seat. Go ahead and grab, grab a seat. Seats. All right, all right. I don't know. I don't want to do a, uh, should we do a, vo a verbal vote? We Raise your hand vote. if you said Kenneth's fit was better. Make some noise if you think Livia's fit was better. <laughs> Turn me up, bro. All right, we're, we're going to say 50-50. 50-50. Fair, fair, fair. All right, guys. The next part of our 
announcement hosting is shoot your shot. Can we invite so our contestants up to the stage? Come on up. All right, nice. Liv, how does this game work? So basically, we have our three lovely contestants, and yep. they'll all get three chances to throw a bouncy ball into that basket back there. Should I demonstrate real quick? Yes, 100%. Just like if you this. make it, you, you get $130. You almost killed that sorry, kid. Sorry, Landon. Keno. So sorry. <laughs> You're fired. Corey's made it. Corey's made it like Third second try. I think Corey made a second try once in the past. So that is how shoot your shot works. Are you guys ready? Who wants Ooh, to go first? Who would like to go first? What is your name? Kaylee. Kaylee. Everybody give it up for Kaylee. First try. Come on. Ooh. You got it. A You're little good. more power, You're a little good. more arc. Second time. Oh, sorry, Hunter. Sorry, Landon. Let's make some noise for Kaylee. Final try, final try. Oh, oh people are aiming for Hunter and Landon today. All right, all right. Who's going to be going oh. second? Oh. <laughs> what right. is your name? Colin. Colin. Wait, and if I'm not mistaken, Colin, it's your first time at Bridge U today. Bro, let's give a round of applause for Colin. All right. Oh, oh a little throw. underhand. Okay. Oh, that was not a I bad strategy. That was not a bad strategy. Come on, Colin. Oh, you charm, got one more bro. try, Colin. You got Third one more try. One more charm. try. Oh, oh, going for Austin with that one. All right, and our last contestant. What is your name? Zoe. Zoe! And Zoe, it is your first time on Bridge U2, right? Yes, sir. $135 on the line. Come on, Zoe. Let's give it up for Zoe. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Second try. Second try. You got it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Final try of the day. Final try All of the right, day. Third try. Let's go right here. Dude, 90 miles per hour right there. All right, can we give one final round of applause for our contestants for today? Whew. That means that next week it's gonna go up $5 to 140. Y'all, that is a lot of money. That could buy me like two tanks of gas. Seriously, if you guys want to shoot your shot, $140, where are y'all going? Yeah. Chick-fil-A? Let me know. Vans for sure, Chick-fil-A, for Dude. sure. All right, next, I believe we're gonna be getting into some announcements, and the first announcement is about Sundays. If you're only here on Wednesdays, you're only here for half of the fun, we also have Sunday services for youth. And this Sunday, we're gonna have an 11.30 p.m. service takeover, which means that we get to join our parents and the other adults in the adult service. So make sure that this Wednesday, we get to see you at 11.30 for Bridge Youth on Sundays. Yes, sir. And our second announcement is if you don't already follow us on social media, uh, take out your phones, open up Instagram, TikTok. You guys can follow us at BridgeYTH underscore um, and just stay up to date on everything that's going on. Yes. And next we have giving. If you would like to give or give your tithes at church, 
There is another way that you can worship God than just raising your hands. And it's through trusting God with what it is that he's given to you. And so if you are here for the first time, you do not have to give to attend Bridge Youth. But if you would like to give and like to tithe, there are giving stations in the auditorium, out through those doors. And you can give at any point that you would like to. And next we have our Bible Club launches happening. Yeah, let's go. Um, and those will be pizza parties for our first week. Uh, James Day and Bella Vista will be October 11th. Shap and Vista will be October 12th. And Dorothy will be October 13th. So be there, you guys won't want to miss it. Our SOM class, which I'm a part of, so if you want to see me, turn up. Um, we'll be leading those, and we have a super special series planned for you guys, and we're really stoked, so make sure to show up for those. And our young adults gathering. If you are 18 or older and would like to join for young adults, October 16th at 5 p.m., we're going to be meeting in the coffee shop. So if you're a young adult and would like to join for our young adults ministry, make sure we see you October 16th at 5 p.m. And lastly, let's all stand up, come to the front, and let's get ready for worship.
All right, you guys. This is the point in our service where we want to take a second and we want to settle down and we want to press in to worship and everything that God has for us tonight. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6. It says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated up with him in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Bridge Youth, every single person in this room has a story and every single person's story is unique to you. I have a story, you have a story. And I wanna encourage you to press into that story, whether it's been messy, whether you've gone through things, everyone here has a story that is unique to them. And that story is why we can stand here and we can sing. That's what we're gonna sing about in this next song. It's singing from even when I was in these places of brokenness and hurt, I still praised and you still saved me. And anything that we've gone through, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love that Jesus has for you. Once you've accepted that love and you've accepted that grace, there's nothing that you can ever do that's ever gonna make that go away from you. So I wanna encourage you in this moment right here, can we just lift our hands? Can we prepare our hearts for everything that God's gonna do tonight? Jesus, we give this night back to you. We give our worship to you. We're here to praise you and we're here to adore you, Jesus. That's why we sing, that's why we dance, that's why we clap. And God, in moments like this, it's why we raise our hands. It's why we worship you. So Jesus, come and do what only you can do tonight, God. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus.
to be somebody you still want but somehow you love me as you find me thank you god
to not leave us there. I wanna encourage you to surrender tonight. And I wanna encourage you because I've walked through surrender and I have to surrender every single day. It's not like, okay, on Wednesdays and Sundays or you know when I'm feeling God. No, 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 every single day surrendering to the one who loves you right where you are. He will lead you and he will guide you if you surrender. If you're not surrendered, He's a gentleman. He's not gonna push his way into your life. So I really feel like as we were worshiping, I just felt like God wanted to remind you of surrender. It's not about what you can do, the talent you have, the family you come from. If you have money, if you don't have money, if you have a hard life, if you have a good life, it doesn't matter where you come from. You just need to surrender to him. You just need to surrender. We complicate it, but all we need to do is give God our surrender and all the good that comes from my life is Him. The good that you see in my life is God because I'm surrendered to Him. And I try my best to do it every day and there's some days I am stubborn and I do not surrender to God, but the Lord checks me real quick and I wanna be real. I wanna be genuine about my faith. I don't wanna fake it. I don't wanna pretend. And I don't want you guys to either because at Bridge Youth, we are real, we are genuine, and we are gonna live surrendered to God. So before we pray, I'm gonna have Lily come up. She's gonna pray for the message as we get ready. But as an act of surrender, while she's praying, let's go ahead and put our hands out. As an act of surrender, close our eyes and let's pray. I pray that we can take in every bit of it and put our eyes entirely on you. Jesus, like it says in Matthew, when we focus on the winds and waves, we sink, but when we focus on you, we are steady and we can do incredible things. So give us focus, Lord. I pray that this week we can step out and take opportunities that we have been scared to take in the past and give us courage to take them, God. We love you and we praise you endlessly. In your sweet name, amen. Amen. All right, Bridge Youth, it's going to be a good night. I think you guys are hyped because that caffeine, who's ready for tonight? Yeah. Let's go. All right, on your way back to your seat, high five three people and say, the pumpkin spice latte was amazing. <laughs>
What's up, guys? How you doing tonight? Oh, come on. Like you had a pumpkin spice latte. How you doing tonight? Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. If this is your very first time here, maybe you've never been to our church. Maybe you've never been to church and somebody today was like, hey, I'm going to get you a free pumpkin spice latte. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, wait. Now all of a sudden I'm at church. Hey, we love meeting new people. It's one of our favorite things in the whole world. I met three new people already here for the very first time, and we're so, so, so stoked to meet you. We're just so pumped that you chose to spend some of your time with us in your busy schedule, everything going on in life, the 47 sports that you play, all the clubs that you're a part of at school, and every single thing that your mom makes you go to, you still chose to come here. Some of you are like, this is one of the things my mom makes me go to. Well, we love that and we love that you're here. Hey, we like welcoming our guests every single week by saying we are here to build you up, not? We love you. We back you. You do not have to believe to belong here. So whether you're in the room or watching online, thank you so much for coming and spending some of your time with us. Hey, if you got a Bible, open up to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Really quick, um, just in case anybody around our teams, our serving teams, those who are serving pumpkin spice lattes missed it. This Sunday, somebody say this Sunday. Somebody say Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This Sunday, we have an all-church team night. So this is for any and everybody who serves anywhere in the church. Our kids department is practically run by Bridge Youth. And so a ton of you serve in kids. Some of you guys serve in youth. Some of you guys are a part of the uh, Kenneth's parking lot team. All of this sort of stuff. If you serve anywhere in the church, if you're on any team, this Sunday night at 5 p.m. in this room right here, we want to just celebrate you. We want to honor you. We want to say thank you for all the ways that you serve. And Dinner's on us. We are going to provide dinner. And I know some of these things, you like, you show up, you get, like, pizza or you get, like, you know, pasta or we're doing. Who loves, who loves when you got a party and at the party is the taco man? Come on, somebody. Hey, where's all the, hey, where's all the Hispanics at? Hispanic folks, where you at? God bless you, Hispanic folks. Anytime you give Hispanics a moment to make some noise, they're always like, yes, it's, that's us. We created tacos. That's how you know we love Jesus. Ta- there'll be tacos in heaven for sure, no doubt. There's going to be tacos. We're going to have a taco, man. We're going to give you dinner completely free on us. Just go to our website or the app and register so that we can make our plans for you. So March chapter 5, tonight we are kicking off a brand new series entitled Stranger Things. Somebody go, ooh. It's October, but it's still hot. Who's been to Pelzer's Farms already? Shout out Pelzer's. Love Pelzer's Farms. Kick out a brand new series and tell Stranger Things. This is a series about some of the stranger things and stranger moments in Scripture, in the Bible, and what it is that we can learn from them. In this series, we're going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about zombies. And tonight, somebody say tonight. Somebody say tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about paranormal activity. You know, a movie your parents didn't let you watch for good cause. We're going to talk about paranormal activity. In Scripture, in the Bible, believe it or not, there are several moments of um, recordings of kind of paranormal 
moments. And here's the thing about the paranormal activity moments that we see through Scripture. Basically, none of them, none of them are what we would consider ghosts. They are actually what we would consider spirits. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, But when people begin to mess with, this is kind of like a a precursor to digging into the paranormal activity conversation tonight. When people begin to mess with the supernatural or the paranormal, and what they think that they're doing is like talking with ghosts or experiencing ghosts or whatever, really the reality of it is, is that every paranormal moment in scripture was either angels or demons. (laughs) They are either angels or demons, not the Anaheim angels, but they're either angels or demons. And so what begins, what happens is what people think is just like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, play with this Ouija board. I'm just going to mess with these tarot cards. I'm just going to, you know, hang around cats, whatever. <laughs> what you're really doing potentially is people begin to mess around with demonic stuff. And you don't want to mess around with that stuff. Look at your neighbor, say don't. Look at your other neighbor, the one you, ch- you chose second, say don't do it. You really don't want to mess around with that kind of stuff. And so this is why I, me, personally, I don't even mess with, like, the kind of demonic type movies. I don't watch, I don't watch Paranormal Activity. I don't, I, I don't watch The Conjuring. I don't mess with any of that kind of stuff. Because what you're going to notice tonight as we dig into Mark chapter 5, if you've already opened your Bible there, um, is that... The paranormal moments recorded in scripture are very different than the Hollywood producers' scripts that they write. Very different. We'll learn the differences between them. Here's the thing. Um, Tonight we won't even really focus a ton on the paranormal activity in the story, but rather the lessons we can learn from a paranormal moment in scripture. So you might ask, um, so Corey, why don't we talk about this stuff more? If demons are real, which they are, if Satan is real, which he is, then why don't we talk about this stuff more? Here's why. Because I would way, 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 way rather talk about Jesus, about how awesome Jesus is, about how amazing God is, about how phenomenal God is, about everything that God's done in my life and in your life and how amazing he is. I would way rather give God the attention and the focus and the glory than to give this stuff too much attention and potentially glory. C.S. Lewis in his preface or preface, depending on how you want to say it, of a book he wrote called The Screwtape Letters. If you are like 16 and older, I would encourage you to go read The Screwtape Letters. If you are 16 and younger, I would encourage you to go ask your mom and dad whether or not you can read the books, uh, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, which, yes, is the same guy who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, Great book series, phenomenal. He was a Christian, and his book, The Screwtape Letters, is kind of a fictional take on um, the way in which demons have a perception about us. So the screw tape letters are basically demons writing letters to each other. It's a pretty gnarly read, and that's why I say if you're under 16, go chat with your parents about whether or not you should read that book. Um, but in, this, in his preface to this, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis kind of nails it in the way in which we should approach this. He says this, and I quote, There are two equal and opposite, opposite errors into which we can fall 
about the devils or demons. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. The ways that we can miss it when it comes to this stuff, why don't we talk about it more often? It's like the two opposite ends of the spectrum that would be so like, it's not the good approach is to just completely deny the existence of the demonic or on the other side of it is to, is to believe in it and be obsessed with it and be super interested in, oh, I want to know more and I'm gonna go looking for it. No, 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 no. We don't do that and C.S. Lewis kind of nailed it. And aren't you glad, young person, that this is the day that you chose to bring a brand new friend to church <laughs> as we're talking about demons. <laughs> but there's some lessons to be learned through this. I love this because what C.S. Lewis is saying basically is like in every bit of talk, in every conversation, let's make Jesus the main character. Amen? And you'll see that Jesus will be the main character in our story for tonight. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you're new here, I like boiling down my whole sermon into one sentence. If you walk away with nothing else, walk away with this right here. You ready? But are you ready, spaghetti? <laughs> Here's my sermon in a sentence. Don't. Somebody shout, don't. Don't get distracted with the darkness. Walk in the light. I'm going to say it again. Don't. Somebody say don't. Don't get distracted with the darkness. Walk in the light. Amen. Hey, we're going to dig into Mark chapter 5. We're going to go verse number 1 all the way down to verse number 13. No, going to verse 13 was not planned out. There's nothing superstitious about that in any way, shape, or form. But would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word just as you just sat down seven rows to the side? She said, sit down, stand right back up. It's like day. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 5. You guys ready for the biblical version of paranormal activity? I'll tell you this right now. Like, uh, uh, is anybody else just like, Alicia, keep your hand down. Anybody else super dramatic? You just are semi-theatric. You blow things out of proportion. You exaggerate. The majority of all things that you like. You're loud, you're crazy, you're wild, aka you're Hispanic. Ha <laughs> ha, got you guys again. Oh, praise God for tacos. I read this story from such a like, where's all the drama kids at? Where's the drama nerds? Come on, guys, loud and proud. I read this like a drama. I read it so theatrical. I see this like a movie. And I'm telling you, if this was made into a movie, this would have been rated R and your parents would not let you watch it. And you think the Bible is boring. Here it is. Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It will be on the Sky Bible. Here's what it says. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the garrisons. Verse number 2. When Jesus, somebody say Jesus. <laughs> It's always so funny to me when people make you chant Jesus like that. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a possessed, a man possessed by an evil spirit. It's creepy already. That was pretty good. Huh? A man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs. The tombs were like these caves, these catacombs where they buried dead people. So a possessed man came out of, like, the graveyard. It's October, y'all, like, and this is the Bible. He came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves, and no one, there's no, that he could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever they put 
uh, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, he often, as, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the, sh- the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Somebody say no one. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This is what we in literature call foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Verse number five, day and night. Somebody say day and night. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills. Check this out. It gets creepier. Howling. Just, just howling. Like for no, I'm not telling you to howl. <laughs> you don't have to howl. I mean, howl if you want. All right, get it out of your system. On the count of three, everybody howl. One, two, three. So he was howling and cutting himself with stress. Oh, gosh, like, move on from that part. Like, I'm going to get emails from some of your parents, and I'm going to say, I'm sorry. It's the Bible. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at God's word. Verse number six, when Jesus, somebody say, Jesus. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you, I just picture like the creepiest voice right here. It's high pitched and like, like, like bumpy. Like it sounds like his voice is all curdled. He's like, why are you interfering with me? He did not go, Jesus. He said, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Son of the most high God, in the name of God, I beg you. Notice that. He said, I beg you. Don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied what would have been something that made everybody else's uh, blood go cold around him. He tells the evil spirit, come on now, you'll be okay. (laughs) He tells the evil spirit, what's your name? And then the evil spirit responds with this. My name is Legion. Everybody say legion. What a legion was in this day and age, this word legion here, was a word that meant an army of 6,000 infantry and then multiple cavalry as well. I grew up with a speech impediment and I am now a preacher. What it would have been, what this guy just said, he said, my name is legion because there are many of us inside of this man. What this guy just said is like, well, you're asking me my name, but here's the thing. There's 10,000 demons that you're talking to right now. And like, bro, like this is how I picture this. I picture this moment, like, you know, like the camera work in, in movies that Jesus, this guy runs up to him. And he starts begging him, like, don't torture us. And, and he recognizes and feels the power of Jesus. And then Jesus goes, what's your name? And, and the, the camera is on Jesus when it says, what's your name? And then it turns back to the guy and he says, us, our name? And then it goes back to Jesus. And then you hear the guy with the camera still on Jesus go, our name is Legion, for there are many of us in him. And then the camera goes back to the man. And instead of just one man standing there, there's now 10,000 demons standing there. Like, that's how I read this. And I'm like, I don't know if that's what happened, but like that's how I see this and Jesus knowing this you want to know how he reacts like this okay (laughs) you guys remember the video of like the camera like panning the beautiful rainforest and then it gets to the guy that's right there and the lady's like hi and he goes okay (laughs) you guys remember that that's like Jesus response he's like bro doesn't flinch he doesn't stutter 
He isn't shaken. He isn't moved. Watch what happens next. He says, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirit, what does he do? Again, he begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. He wanted to stay there in that place where he had been wreaking terror on these people. Verse number 11. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. As if the story's not scary enough. Verse 12. The demon says, Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. Verse 13, so Jesus gave them permission, and the evil spirit came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside and into the lake, and they drowned in the water. Poor, poor piggies. (laughs) There's such, like, deep, like, reasons why that happened that we probably won't have time to get into tonight. But before you sit down, let's pray. God, what an incredibly juicy story from your word. I pray as we, unpack, as we unpack it, God, that you would speak to us, that you would give us your truth from your word as we learn about this kind of crazy situation. And God, right now, we also just praise you that the enemy was defeated on Sunday afternoon and your team, the Las Vegas Raiders, beat the Denver Ponies. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Grab a seat. Hey, what's something that you are really afraid of that you know you shouldn't be afraid of? Like, where's the spider people at? You're like, I hate spiders. I'm terrified of spiders. Honest to God in the house of God, who's afraid of the dark? And like, and you know it's silly, right? You know, like when you, you know when it's dark outside and you got to take the trash out? You guys know that moment, right? You're like, time to take the trash out. And you're at the door and you're like, all right, bro, I'm grown now. I'm 16, not a little kid no more. I'm taking the trash out. And nobody's chasing me, all right? I'm going to be good. I'm going to walk it. I'm going to walk it. And you take the trash and you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And the wind starts blowing. And the tree moves. You're getting further and further away from the illumination of your house lights and further and closer to the street and then you like open the trash can and you put the trash in the bag in there and you're like okay just walk I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine (laughs) you have to run back like we all know that moment what are you are you afraid of something that like you just kind of know you shouldn't be afraid of anybody else afraid of clowns for like forget clowns What are you afraid of that you know you shouldn't be? Maybe your mom, you know? Nah, you should be afraid of your mom, real talk. You know what it is for me? For me, the thing that scares me so bad that I know shouldn't scare me is sleepwalking and sleep talking. Bro, don't sleepwalk around me, bro. Boom, like... You'll be, you're asleep, I'll put you double asleep. <laughs> you ever seen Inception? You will go multiple layers into sleep if you sleepwalk around me. Sleepwalking and sleep talking is terrifying to me. And unbeknownst to me, I had no clue. I had no idea. I was not ready. Somebody say, he wasn't ready. <laughs> I didn't know that my wife both sleep talks and sleepwalks. So I get married. I told you guys the, the uh, you think that's funny story. You guys know that? Yeah, okay, how many, most of you know that story, right? 
Okay, I'll tell the quick story, the quick version, because there's both now. Okay, I'll give you a sleep talking and a sleep walking story. One night, middle of the night. I'm talking 3 a.m. And we lived in Elsinore at the time on the wrong side of the lake in a trailer in the middle of a dirt field with no lights around it. We're talking the scene of every single horror movie you've ever watched. That's where I lived. I'm the type that is up all hours of the night. I can't, I can't fall asleep ever. My wife is the type that before her head hits the pillow, she's gone. She's out. She's asleep. So I've been tossing and turning for a few hours. I'm rolling around trying to get to sleep. I roll over towards my wife. The moonlight's coming through the drapes. It's hitting her face. And as I roll over, this is what I see. Everybody turn around, look that way. And you're going to be me. I'm going to be Amber. On the count of three, look at me. This is what I saw. One, two, three. Bro, yeah, that was my response. <laughs> that was me. It's like 3 a.m. I'm a newlywed, fresh married, moonlight christening her face. And that's what I saw. I'm terrified immediately. My blood goes cold. It gets worse. With that look on her face, she goes, <laughs> you, it's not even that bad yet. That's like, we're halfway there, guys. Come on, like, buckle up, buttercup. It's only going to get worse from here. She goes, <laughs> and then she goes, you think that's funny? <laughs> I said, nope. I don't think anything's funny. I don't like funny. I don't like jokes. I don't like mom jokes. I don't like comedy movies. I don't like rom-coms. I don't like any of it at all. I don't like knock-knock jokes. I don't even enjoy laughing. I've never thought anything was ever funny. And I rolled over. I began to pray. And so, so that's the time that my wife talked in her sleep. I, I asked her the next morning. I said, do you remember what she said in your sleep last night? She's like, no idea. What are you talking about? I told her, and she was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, you're laughing. It wasn't funny to me. <laughs> One time I get home from the gym super late at night because I go to the gym a lot, obviously. <laughs> and I walk in the front door and, and Amber is asleep on the couch. Same place, same setting. Like it is dark, trailer in the middle of a dirt field, horror movie looking setting. And I walk in and, and, and I, I open the door. I'm like, oh, Amber's asleep on the couch. Everybody, shh, she's sleeping. So kind of like slowly close the door. You know when you're trying to like close a door quiet and that door ain't never creaked in your whole life, bro. Like ever. Like when you're trying to sneak out of your house and then that door creaks, that creaks the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that creak is God snitching on you to your parents because he shouldn't be sneaking out. <laughs> I'm trying to close this door and for the first time ever in like five years of living here, the door creaks. I'm like... And I turn around, and Amber had gotten from laying there to standing up with the same look on her face. I said, is this a, is this a Jordan Peele movie? Like, what in the world? I'm like, hi, babe. And she doesn't say anything. She just stares at me. I'm like, Amber? <laughs> Amber? <laughs> out of nowhere, she lets out kind of a Mark chapter 5 shriek. And she grabs a pillow and she charges me and begins beating me with the pillow. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm trying to like fend off my wife without hurting her because she's both trying to kill me. But I don't want to kill her. I don't want to be a widower by the time I'm like six months into marriage. So I'm trying to like stop her, restrain her. I grab her by the shoulders. I give her a good shake. I go, Amber, hey, what are you doing? Out of nowhere, she like drops the pillow. She looks me dead in the face and goes, what are you yelling at me for? And cries and goes in the room and goes to sleep. 
I asked her the next day, I'm like, Amber, like, do you remember trying to murder me last night with the pillow? She said, she starts crying. She's like, no, like, like when did that? And I tell her, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I am too, because if I was an actual perpetrator, your weapon of choice was a pillow. You'd be dead, babe. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you didn't, like, grab the candlestick or the wrench or whatever other things from Clue, you know? Is there something that you're afraid of that you shouldn't be? If you're taking notes, here's your first point. Write this down. If you don't take notes in church, I pray that if you go trick-or-treating, then all you get in your trick-or-treating bag is toothbrushes and cheesy Bible tracks. That's all you're going to get. Then take notes in church. Your first point is this. Don't be scared. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. Don't be scared. When it comes to paranormal activity, don't be scared. And I know what some of you are thinking, because you made the mistake of watching the movie, you're like, but it's so scary. Yeah, but look at how Jesus responded. Why shouldn't we be scared? Well, here's why. I know you're probably thinking, Corey, if demons really are real, then how come we don't, like, how come we're not always seeing them all the time, 24-7? Well, here's why. According to scripture, demons are fallen angels. They were the angels that rose up against God with Satan in the great battle of heaven. And when that happened, they, they were um, what scripture considers fallen angels. And it says that one third of the angels fell. Now I'm terrible at math. Who else knows that math is satanic? Amen. I'm terrible at math, but I know this. If one third of the angels fell, how many of the angels didn't fall? Okay, so stick with me here. I know that we're getting into some kind of deep waters in terms of mathematics. But I'm pretty sure if my calculations do add up, that two-thirds is twice as much as one-third. Is that correct? Okay. So angels outnumber demons two to one. So the angels are taking care of them 99% of the time. That's why we don't deal with them often. And that's why you don't have to be scared of them. The second reason why you don't have to be scared is this. Jesus wasn't scared. Jesus wasn't scared. And guess what? Do you know what happens the moment that you say yes to Jesus and you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know what happens? Scripture says that Jesus, what he does is he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And it says if you open the door, then he'll come into your heart and he'll He'll live there. So what happens is that, that the, the spirit of Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, lives inside of you. Uh, uh, what we are, are walking, talking temples. We are containers of God's Holy Spirit, of the spirit of Jesus. The same spirit that this demon well, these six to 10,000 demons were terrified of. If you've said yes to Jesus, that spirit lives in you. So you don't got to be scared of it. It's got to be scared of you. So we don't have to be scared. I love the way that 1 John uh, 4, 4 says it. It says the spirit that lives in you, look at your neighbor, say you. Look at your other neighbor, the one that you chose second, and say maybe you. Tell them in a few minutes you're going to have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, and then it will definitely be you. 1 John 4, 4. <laughs> it says this, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Here's how I'll say it. We give the enemy too much credit. We give him way too much credit. You know what we'll often do? We attribute godly 
uh, characteristics and godly attributes to the enemy, to Satan. And we, we kind of work up really bad theology where we think that Satan is the evil counterpart to God, which couldn't be further from the truth. Satan is nothing like God. Can I tell you, he doesn't even come close. He does not compare. He is not even a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of how powerful God is. They are so different. And here's some of the ways that they're different. God is what we call omnipresent. That means that God is everywhere, all the time, at once. God is in this room. God's at home with your mom and dad. God is everywhere all at once, but Satan is not. Did you know Satan can only ever be in one place at one time? So when you go, the devil's attacking me, it's probably not like actually the literal devil. Like he's probably like on the other side of the world somewhere. Or like he can only be in one place at one time. Also, God is omniscient. That means that God is all-knowing. God knows everything. The devil doesn't. You know that God knows every single thing that you've ever thought before you thought it? You don't even have to say stuff. God knows everything that goes on in your mind. Did you know that the devil does not? Did you know that Satan cannot read your thoughts? This is why I won't, I won't go around expressing all of these things. I won't go watch paranormal activity and be like, oh my gosh, that's so terrifying. Because you know what you just did? You just gave the devil some ammunition. And he goes, oh, cool, so I know how to get to them. He is not all-knowing. He, he doesn't even know your own thoughts. That's why, that's why when you speak, you speak in faith. That's why sometimes when you pray, you cannot pray up here all the time. Because the devil can't. In a minute, God is also omnipotent. That's the hardest one to say. Everybody say omnipotent. Well, you say it like it's all easy. <laughs> omnipotent. You know what that means? It means all-powerful. Because you know God's all-powerful. There's nothing impossible for God. Satan is not all-powerful. He is very, very, very limited. We give the enemy too much credit. Also, Hollywood gives demons way too much credit. Like, look how the demons respond to Jesus in Mark 5. From way far, Jesus doesn't even pay them no mind. Jesus is just going about his business. He's just doing his thing. And from a distance, this demon comes running up. And what does it say he does? He falls on his face and bows down and begins to beg him for mercy, sensing the power of the spirit of Jesus. And how does Jesus respond to the demons? With the big old fat, okay? Because, oh, you know, we're not just one demon. We're, we're 10,000 demons. And he's like, and your point is? You remember this meme, the one girl? It's like Jesus, like, what? Like, why does that matter? Why do I care? Because 10,000 of you doesn't even come close to one of me. And that's how Jesus responds to these demons, these, this legion of six to 10,000. He doesn't even shake. Remember what I said in, in Mark 5, 4? It says no one was strong enough to subdue him. Jesus was. And Jesus did. They are more scared of him than he, I mean, he didn't show any fear. And we, demon, we, aren't, we shouldn't be afraid of the paranormal. It should be afraid of us because we have the spirit of Jesus on the inside of us. So we're in charge. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm the captain now. <laughs> we're in charge. You're not. I'm in charge. You're not. Do you know at the end of every prayer, whatever we're praying, God, thank you so much for this Chipotle 
this bountiful blessing. And what's the last thing you say before you, before you say amen? In Jesus' name, amen. And what we make the mistake of thinking is that in Jesus' name is kind of like the equivalent of the send button on your texts. Where it's like, well, if I don't hit send, they won't get the text. If I don't say in Jesus' name, God won't hear the prayer. Like, no, you know why we say in Jesus' name? Because in the power and authority of Jesus' name, we have the ability to operate in authority. We're in charge. They're not. In the power of the name of Jesus Christ, because Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he says, therefore, go. I'm taking the power that's in my name, and I'm entrusting it to you. And I'm allowing you to take the power and the authority that's in my name. Older siblings, anybody in here, you're the oldest of all your siblings. Cool, cool. Okay, where's all the youngest at? You're the baby. Everybody else in the room hates you. Cool. Uh, (laughs) Where's all the middle children at? My people. God bless you. I pray for you often. Mom and dad didn't even remember your name. where's Where's all the oldest again? One more time. Oldest? Cool. So all of the like younger, the middle and the youngest, when those who are the oldest, the, your oldest sibling, when they came and they said, hey, take out the trash, what did you say? No. But when they came to you and said, hey, dad said take out the trash, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> and then you do the whole thing again where you take the trash out there, I promise I'm going to walk and you get scared and you run, right? Why? Because there is power and authority in the like, hey, I might just be the big brother, but I'm not here. I'm going to tell you to take out the trash in the authority of my own name. Dad sent me. Getting to carry Jesus' name is like the biggest dad sent me card you can ever pull. I had one of our leaders right before service said, hey, what would happen if somebody who is demon-possessed were to come to the church? Like, how would we deal with that? I said, you just take charge. I'm in charge. You're not. End of story. In Jesus' name, go. Get out. Peace. Goodbye. See you later. Sayonara, sucker. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> later, skater. <laughs> not that the skaters are demon-possessed or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying that they are, though, you know. <laughs> we are in charge. They're not. So we don't have to be scared. If you know Jesus, you have been entrusted with the power of his name. So you know what that means? That means you take charge. That means when you pray, and often you need to pray out loud, what you need to do is you need to say, if you ever encounter a demon, I'm going to give you like your response right now. Probably you won't. So junior hires, don't go home and have nightmares and tell your parents that I scared you, okay? You probably won't ever because two against one, remember? There's two angels versus one. But if you ever do, you know, here's what you do. In Jesus' name, get out. And guess what they have to do? They have to get out. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and every single demon has to flee. The word that scripture words is, uses is flee. They have to run. They have to dip out as quick as they can. So you just say in Jesus' name, get out. We also use the power of Jesus' name in so many other things. In Jesus' name, Satan, you cannot have my family. They don't belong to you. They belong to the kingdom. I was just praying with somebody recently over family, a family member, over a brother. And as we were praying, I say. I said, in Jesus' name, he will belong to the kingdom. He will be saved. He will serve you, Jesus. He doesn't belong to you, Satan. I, I, right now, I break every single chain, and I cancel every single plan that you have over his life. And I say that God's plan and God's purpose will prevail over him in Jesus' name. That's how you got to pray sometimes. In Jesus' name, I'm going to pass that math test. 
I ain't studied once. But in Jesus, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. You don't have to be scared. Look at your neighbor say, don't be scared. So, because you don't have to be scared, don't get too distracted with the darkness. We just keep walking in the light. Amen? Because you're only scared if you don't have light. You're only scared if you don't have light. If you were here in our first service on Sunday morning, the electricity went out. Everything was pitch black. We were over in, uh, in the kids' room with our kids' team, and we're praying, getting ready for the morning. There was a few of our kids who are in there, and that room, there's, no, there's not a window. Like, it's towards the middle of the room. Went black, boom. The kids started panicking until all of a sudden, all of us said, boom, and we just had our flashlights out. Like, so quick. One of the smartest things that iPhone ever did. And immediately, these, these faces of terror beginning, began to have fun with it. Because you're only scared of the darkness if you don't have light. If you said yes to Jesus, the greatest light that's ever existed lives on the inside of you. You ain't got to be afraid of the darkness. You don't even got to get distracted or slowed down by the darkness. You stay about God's business. Amen. All right, my last point as the band heads up, start closing this thing down. Not only do you not need to be scared, don't be scared. But the second thing is this. The second thing we can learn from this paranormal moment in Scripture is you must be important. Write that down. You must be important. Before you write it down, look at your neighbor and say, you must be important. Do you ever think that maybe, maybe the people we think are important might not be the same people that God thinks is important? It's like, like not every famous person is great and not every great person is famous. And I wonder if sometimes we think the people, we'll think of certain people as important while God thinks total different people are important. Can I tell you, you might want to write this down. The enemy only attacks those he's most threatened by. So can I tell you, if you've, if you've felt attacked by the enemy recently, if you feel like the enemy's attacking you, attacking your family, attacking your life, attacking your calling, your purpose, you know what that means? You must be important. If you're paying attention to me, well, I must be important. I promise you this. If somehow, some way, like the Lakers were to go to the NBA finals and they invited me, like the other team ain't going to guard me. I'm not going to sit on the bench, right? But if, if I made it onto the floor, the defense isn't going to pay attention to me. They're going to be focused on LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> They're not going to pay me no mind. Because I won't be important. I won't be a threat. The enemy only attacks those he's most threatened by. If you've been getting attacked by the enemy, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. It means you're important. It means you're doing God's work. It means God's got a plan for you. It means he's got a purpose for you. It means that the moment that Satan rolls out of bed and puts on his furry Uggs, that he's shaking in those Uggs. Because of you. Because of, he wears Uggs for sure. Now let's be real. Satan wears Crocs. And they're always in sport mode. <laughs> you must be important. This man in Mark 5, he must have been important. Because Satan and the one-third of the demons that fell, they're all limited. They can only be in one place at one time. Furthermore, furthermore, Satan can't create anything. Did you know that? Like, God can create, but Satan can't create anything. So the amount of demons that fell are the only demons that there are. There's, there hasn't been any more demons added. And this man was so important that Satan launched six to 10,000 of his soldiers to go and attack him. 
Has the enemy launched an all-out assault on your life? Then you must be important. Has he been attacking you and your family? Then you must be important. Does it seem like you've been caught in the middle of a storm and, and, and like all hell has broken loose, all literal hell has broken loose in your life? Then you must be important. God must have plans for you. He must have a purpose that is so big and so incredible and so phenomenal that, that Satan is terrified of you walking in that light. That's why he's trying to distract you with the darkness. Check it out. Mark chapter 5. This is a little bit later in the story. Our story begins with Jesus getting off a boat and it ends with Jesus getting on a boat. This, this place, this almost island type moment was like, it was like Jesus layover flight. He was never even supposed to really do any ministry there. He was just passing through. And having been delivered... This for, formerly demon-possessed man follows Jesus down to his boat. And here's what happens in Mark chapter 5, verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said no. It's like one of the first times you're going to see Jesus say, hey, don't follow me. Jesus said no. Go home to your family. And tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man, he started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And check this out. And everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone was amazed at what he told them. Jesus said, you can't come with me. You got an assignment here. See, when God comes and does something miraculous in your life, you have this huge big faith moment. God comes and delivers you. Often what happens is, is you'll feel this sort of motivation to go. And Jesus is saying, but do you have the courage to stay? This guy was behind enemy lines. The pigs in this story, they're important because, well, the people of God weren't supposed to be anywhere near pigs. It was something that was kind of in the, the, um, the, Jew, the traditional Jewish law. They also weren't supposed to be anywhere near dead people. Yet this guy was living in the tombs. A.K.A. the darkness, the enemy, he will always do everything he can to drag you as far away from God, his plans and his purposes for your life. Don't let him. Some of you, you feel like the behind enemy line setting for your life is your own family. Because you're the only one in your family that believes in Jesus. You're the only one in your family that's following God. Guess what? Me too. That's how it was for me for so long. And I felt like every time I left youth group and I went home, I was going back to enemy lines. I felt like the, 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 the most ungodly influences in my life were living in my house with me. And maybe you feel like that too. I get it. I know you can have every bit of urge to just close yourself off, to just get home, close your door, just get alone with you and Jesus, to come to church, and as soon as you can, to get out of the house. And you might want to go, but do you have the courage to stay? Because this man, Jesus said, go home and tell them. And he said, okay, I'm going to go home, and then I'm going to go to 10 cities in the area and tell everybody. And everyone was amazed. Why was everyone so amazed? Remember this guy's story? 
People tried to subdue him and they couldn't. They chained him up and he'd break the chains. The dude was literally howling. Everybody knew this guy. He was crazy. He was psycho. He was demon possessed. He was the lead role in the horror movie. He was the last person in the entire town anyone would ever expect God to use. The dude was possessed by over 6,000 demons, but you think that you're too far gone. You think, you think you've been walking away from Jesus for too long. You think that you've gone to too dark of a place in life. This dude was living in a graveyard howling at the moon. Talk about darkness, and yet God, in an instant, in a moment, in one day like that, everything changes. And he goes from being filled with over 6,000 evil spirits to being used for good. And you think that because you have this little struggle, this sin, this, this, this thing that you keep going back to, this thing that you keep struggling with, that you're disqualified from doing great things for God. This guy reached 10 cities and everyone was amazed. You not only are giving the demonic and the enemy too much credit, you're giving your sin too much credit. Make what Jesus did on the cross for you bigger than what you've done. God wants to use you. You must be important. And God might want to use you right where you're at right now, behind enemy lines. Maybe that's your home. It might be your family. It might be the group of friends that you're around. It might be your school. It might be your sports team. You might want with everything in you to go, but do you have the courage to stay? I can tell how important you are, not by how many social media followers you have, not how many friends you walk around with. I can tell how important you are, not by the shoes that you wear or the car that you drive. I can tell how important you are by how big your storms are, by how much the enemy pays attention to you, and how much he's attacked your life. Look at the person next to you and tell him you must be important. As I close, It's weird not preaching for a month. Last, last, uh, last month we, we had a series called Chapters where eight different people shared chapters of their story. I encourage you if, you, if you weren't here, go back to our YouTube channel, watch them, they're incredible. But I hadn't preached for a month. And then the first, the first day back from preaching, it's like, well, gonna preach on demons. It was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. But I wanna close with a story. Um, which really is like the best possible perspective and approach towards the spiritual realm, towards this stuff that we can have. It's a story of a, of a kind of legend of the faith. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Yes, that was his real name. He's actually a pretty incredible man of God. And, and Smith Wigglesworth had seen a ton of miracles happen in his, in his ministry. Um, Literally, like people had been raised from the dead that he had prayed for. There's been time. There were times uh, on in the newspaper, in the secular newspaper, where he had preached to thousands of people without a microphone, and everybody could hear him. Like miracles were happening, and a lot of spiritual opposition was happening in his life as well. And Smith Wigglesworth was a journaler. Uh, I'm a journaler. I love writing things down. I constantly journal. And um, my journal's never far from me. And Smith Wigglesworth was kind of the same. His journal was never far from him. So some of his life and the stories that we know about his life come from his journal entries. 
and in his journal entry was this story that that one night in the middle of his like this hyper spiritual season of life where miracles are happening God's doing amazing things so much stuff's going on that he's asleep in his little apartment and next to his bed was was a small chair and a desk where he would do his devotionals and he would study his scripture and he would journal and he said and he was woken up from a dead sleep and he rolled over and sitting in the chair next to his bed was Satan himself and he said I knew immediately in my spirit that it was Satan himself this wasn't a demon it wasn't just some spirit it was Satan himself and you know how Smith Wigglesworth records his reaction? He says, oh, it's just you. And he said, I rolled over and went back to sleep. That needs to be our reaction to the demonic. He hit him with, you're not that important. But if you're showing up in my apartment, apparently I am. You're more important than you think you are, young person. Don't pay the darkness no mind. Just walk in the light. Maybe you feel like you're too far gone. You're not. This man wasn't. But maybe you're not like. Because what will happen is we'll read a story about a dude who is possessed by 6,000 demons. You'll be like, yeah, that's not me. So you'll quickly be tricked into thinking like, so it's all good. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm not like walking with Jesus, but it's all good. I read um, something from the, from the preface of the Screwtape Letters that C.S. Lewis writes. And before we pray, I want to read a quote from it. And this is the quote. C.S. Lewis from the Screwtape Letters writes this. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. It's the gentle slope. It's the soft underfoot. Without sudden turnings. Without milestones. Without signposts. not an all-out assault of 6,000 coming at you. It's just you inch away from God. And you inch away from God. And you get further and further away from Him. You get further away from your purpose. You get further away from your calling. You get further away from His presence. Until all of a sudden, because you've just been going down that gentle slope, you look over your shoulder and you never even realized how far you went. Like swimming in a riptide without your eyes on the beach, you all of a sudden look over your shoulder and you've realized how far you've drifted off. And maybe that's you. Can I tell you, here's the great thing. We serve a God, a Savior that doesn't tell you you've got to swim to shore on your own. He goes out and he gets you. All you have to do is say yes to him. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? It's a public setting, but a private moment. If you're here and you would say, that is me. I feel like I've drifted off. Or maybe you're like the man from Mark 5, that you are so far gone that you are convinced that there's no coming back for you. But you're realizing now because of the truth of God's word, because of this story of paranormal activity, if he could come back, I can too. If that's you and you're in this room, you want the powerful spirit of Jesus to come live on the inside of you. So there really isn't anything that you have to be afraid of. If you want God's love to cover you, if you want forgiveness over your sin, I'm gonna ask you to respond in a really simple way in just a moment. 
what I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to put your hand in the sky. You can put it right back down. Why do I have to lift my hand, Corey? Well, because I believe that when we respond outwardly to what's going on on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts and in our lives. So if that's you, when I get to three, you just put your hand up, put it right back down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a moment between you and God. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Man, so many hands going up. That's amazing. Hey, you can put your hands right back down. So proud of you. That's the best decision you could ever make with your life. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. That means you pray. We start this journey with prayer. Words that we say with our mouth that we believe in our hearts. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray out loud right now. And I know for some of you, you might be like, Corey, I've never prayed before. That's okay. We're a family here. We pray together, and I'm actually going to give you these words. They're not magical words. There's nothing special about my words, but if you wrap your heart around these words, mean them with everything in you, the Spirit of God's going to come live on the inside of you. He's going to forgive you of all your sins. He's going to give you a fresh start, a new beginning. So every single person in this room, would you repeat these words right after me? You're responding the same way online. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. I'm walking out of darkness and into your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? There's an all-out party going on in heaven right now celebrating you and the decision you just made. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. And we want to walk the next part of this journey out with you with a free resource we want to give you called The Next Seven Days. There's seven videos that will help answer some of the questions you might have. When I first got saved, I felt like I had a thousand questions and no one to ask them to. So these videos will help answer some of those questions. We'll get, get you connected to a Bridge Youth leader. How can I get it, Pastor Corey? Easy. Just go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven, and we will handle the rest. One more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? Hey, we're going to end the way that we should. We're going to worship. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? Nobody distracted anybody. I want to challenge you guys with a thought. Really with two thoughts here. Uh, right before we jump into worship, I want to challenge you with this thought. In Mark 5, Legion, these 6,000 plus demons, were begging Jesus. They were begging Jesus to let them stay. And then this guy that was demon-possessed, that we don't even get his name, he was begging Jesus to leave. He said, I don't want to, let me go with you. And Jesus tells him to stay. If the enemy's attacking you, you must be important. And I know how bad it might hurt, and I know that life might be tough, and storms are never easy. But tonight, be encouraged not discouraged. Take heart. Have courage. Stand in the face of opposition. 
And I'm going to pray for strength for you in just a moment. But the second thing is, if you feel like this man, like you're behind enemy lines, maybe in the midst of all the darkness that's around you, like this man, maybe Jesus would say to you today, I'm not taking you out of it, but I've taken it out of you. Now I need you to stay. I need you to do work. I need you to be strong and courageous. And in the midst of that, you guys never forget Jesus' promise. I will never, somebody say never. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And you have the power and the authority of Jesus' name. And if you just prayed that prayer, or you've prayed that prayer at some point in your life, and you know Jesus as your Savior, you have that on the ready at any moment. Any moment you need it, you can, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't even need to pray anything else other than, oh, in Jesus' name. Uh-uh, in Jesus' name. You know, like, when you're at school and your ex is walking by, you know, uh-uh, in Jesus' name. <laughs> You have in Jesus' name, in your pocket, at any moment that you need it. And he said, hey, go, and I'll be with you. Go home tonight. And if your parents don't know God, do what this guy did. Tell them of the amazing things God's done in your life, and they'll be amazed. No, 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 no. Go, go to school tomorrow. Go to school tomorrow and start telling people what God did in your life. And I know what you're thinking right now. Nope. Uh-uh. Because they all know who I was yesterday. So tomorrow, if I try to tell them, like, I'm a Christian now, ain't no way they're going to believe it. Bro, this dude was possessed by 6,000 demons howling at the moon living in a graveyard. You think you were too far gone? When I first got saved, here's how bad I was. I had a friend come up to me a couple days later after I gave my life to Jesus. And he said, hey, Corey, dude, I heard the craziest rumor. I was like, really? What? I'm one for a good gossip. I was freshly saved, you know? And he said, I heard this rumor that, uh, that you're a Christian. <laughs> How stupid is that? How crazy is that? I was like, yeah, right. He was like, yeah, it's not you, man. I was like, yeah. It's like, anybody but you. I was like, all right, be careful, buddy. <laughs> Nobody thought I would. Maybe nobody, maybe you're the last person anybody would think God would use. He was the last person anyone thought God would use. But God is calling you. When I just said you, you thought, yeah, them standing next to me. No, you. No matter how bad life was, no matter what the darkness is around you. So right now, would you do me a favor? Close your eyes. Forget you're in a crowded room. A moment with just you and God. If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands all over this place? You're in the presence of God right now. This is a divine moment. God, I pray for anyone the enemy's been attacking. God, we say thank you that we are so important that the enemy thinks that he needs to pay attention to us. God, that doesn't discourage us, it encourages us. That doesn't make me shrink back, it doesn't make us shrink back, it makes us move forward. It doesn't fill us with fear, it fills us with faith. It doesn't fill us with discouragement, it fills us with courage. Because we know this, God, 
Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. I pray in Jesus' name that your protection would be upon every single one of these students who's been getting attacked. I pray that their hearts would be strong. Their hearts would be filled with courage. That they would know if they're being attacked, it's because they're important. You got a purpose. You got a call on their life. And God, I pray that those who feel like their homes, their families, their friends, their social media, I pray that those who feel like their school is going behind enemy lines. God, that we would go there with you with us. God, that when, when we want nothing in the world but to leave, we would have the courage to stay. And God, that we would shine our light in the midst of darkness so that every single person around us can be amazed. We say right now, God, here I am. Send me. Use me in the midst of all my junk, in the midst of all my mistakes, in the midst of all the darkness that surrounded my life, God. We say, use me. So now what we do, God, is we remind ourselves, you never leave us. You never forsake us. We don't got to go alone. We don't got to be scared. You're walking with us, and we worship you for that. Begin to worship him right now, students. We love you, God. We worship you. In your own words, just tell him how good he is. You're faithful, God. You are strong. You are powerful. You are all-powerful, and we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can't go back to the beginning. control what tomorrow will bring but I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be
Corey um, quoted one of my favorite verses in his message tonight. And it's found in Romans 8, verse 11, where it says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of us. And it's by that spirit that gives our mortal bodies life. See, for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, man, what a great message, what a great night, what a great time. I wish I could just live in this moment, just like what Corey was saying. Because for some of you, you know what you're going back home to. For some of you, you know what the car ride home is going to be like. For some of you, you know what you're waking up to tomorrow and the class that you have to go to and the people that you're going to be with. And for some of you, you're thinking, I wish that this moment would never end because like, I don't want to leave empty handed. I don't want to leave without like God's presence. But can I tell you that you are a vessel for God's presence? Can I tell you that you are a vessel for God's spirit? It says that the same spirit, it's not a different spirit. It's not a lesser spirit but the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you the spirit that you're bringing inside of your math class is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead the same spirit that you're taking home with you is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead which means that the same spirit that told that demon in Mark to leave that's the same spirit that you're taking home with you. So you're not going empty-handed. You're not leaving with nothing. You're leaving with the spirit of the one and only living God with you. So don't think to yourself that you have to be afraid of anything. Don't think to yourself that, that, that you don't have the capability. And because the reality is, is that it's the spirit inside of you. You take God with you. You take the presence of God with you. And every place that you step in, everywhere that you go, in every situation of life that you find yourself in, that spirit goes with you. And for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, well, I just accepted Jesus tonight. Like, there's no way that that spirit is in me right now. It is. God isn't, God's not a manager, right? He's not like, hey, you got to pass this probation period uh, before I can give you that same spirit. It's instantaneous, which means that as soon as you accepted Jesus inside of your life, that's when his spirit came inside of your life. And you can walk out of here with power, knowing that you're not going out alone. You're going out with the spirit of God living inside of you. And for some of you, maybe tonight was the first night 
that you accepted Jesus into your life. And we want to give you a free resource in order to help you walk out what these next few days look like. And it's a resource that Pastor Corey was just talking about, which is the next seven days. In case you're interested in getting it, please DM us on Instagram, bridge, YTH underscore. Just DM us next seven days and we'll be able to give you that free resource. Or if you don't have Instagram, come and find one of us leaders. We'll be able to find a way to give it to you. Also, this Sunday, somebody say this Sunday. We will not be doing connect groups because we're gonna be taking over the main service at 11.30. So we're gonna be saving you a seat. Hope to see you there because it's gonna be an awesome time. Go and have a great night. We will see you guys on Sunday.